Welcome to the Shepherd Psalm. We're looking line by line into Psalm 23, and we're using W. Philip Keller's book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23, as our guide. Uh, there are so many really, really good insights from a shepherd's perspective that he provides to us as we read and understand Psalm 23. Today, we are covering chapter 7 of Keller's book, looking in depth at David's sentence where he says, even though I walk through the valley. So let's begin as we do each week by reading the psalm in its entirety. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk Through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Stick around, and we'll get started. Well, at this moment in the psalm, there is a shift. The psalm goes from referring to he and me to more references to you and I. And this means that the psalm is now getting personalized, even more so than it was before. Um, If you read it again, and we'll read the rest of this psalm, you can now notice the change. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So the psalmist here is, uh, as a sheep, turning to directly address the shepherd. There is an increased intimacy in the conversation. Previously, it's like the sheep had almost been boasting of the shepherd's care compared to what other less fortunate sheep had endured. Now the sheep are being driven away from their home pasture to a summer range in the high country. This will be filled with challenges and perils, but that's what the previous experience has proven. The shepherd can be trusted. This last half of Psalm 23 describes a sheep drive from the home pasture up to the higher elevations during the summer months. They'll stay here until the snow begins to fall in the winter, which will then drive them down the hills back home at the bottom of the mountain or close to the mountain range. It's at this time during the summer that the sheep <clears throat> the sheep are completely alone with the shepherd. They're not stuck in a pen. They are free to roam about. The shepherd gives them much more attention here because of the dangers that they face from all at all times. From pits to predators The shepherd has to keep a close eye on all of his sheep.
Now, King David was the author of this psalm, and he would have known this scenario well. Keller reminded us that David was tending his father's sheep when the prophet Samuel arrived to crown one of Jesse's sons as king. But David wasn't at the house, and David wasn't in the home pasture. Rather, he was up in the hills and had to come home to meet Samuel. As a shepherd, he knew all about this annual event of leading the sheep out of the home pasture and out of the home pen into less safer places. Yet as long as the shepherd was attentive to the sheep and was always aware of their surroundings, he could handle any issue that may arise. When a sheep had such a wonderful shepherd, it set the mind and the heart of the sheep at rest with the very next words, I will fear no evil for you are with me. <clears throat> now think about that phrase for a second. You are with me. The God of all creation, the ancient of days, the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords is with me. He's with you, with me in every situation, in every dark trial, in every dismal disappointment, and in every distressing dilemma, as Keller wrote. He wrote about how Christians often, we, we want to ascend to the higher levels with God and spiritual experience and spiritual understanding. But we, we prefer to avoid the lowlands, the mundane the valleys, the familiar. We want something extraordinary, but we sometimes forget how that is accomplished. There's no ski lift or helicopter that takes us up to the heights with God. We arrive there only through arduous and the difficult trek that we as sheep must make up the rocky paths that are filled with difficulty. We ascend first by walking through valleys. Now, a valley is a low spot between one or more mountains and hills. And to begin climbing the hill, you first have to get through the low spot at the base of it, the valley. The verse here reminds us that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we need to constantly remind ourselves that in the shadowy and dangerous valleys, we're just walking through. We aren't intended to stop and die there. Now, we often use this verse as uh, comfort for Christians who possibly may face a terminal diagnosis. This seems like a contradiction based on what I just said, but it isn't. Death is not the end. It is not the last stop on the soul's journey. Death is a portal that ushers us into an eternity with Christ. We are reminded of Christ's promise to his disciples. Be assured, I am with you always. That should give us great comfort and reassurance. We can look back on our life and recount times we endured shadowy circumstances. A miscarriage, a layoff, a frightening diagnosis from a doctor, the end of a relationship, a lawsuit, or any other frustration, discouragement, or potential disaster. 
these break many people. But for those of us in Christ, these valleys are not stops in our walk with God. They're merely steps. Steps to that higher ground with God that we seek. Have you ever tried to ride a bike uphill? You start by pumping the pedals and you try to get into a good rhythm. But if you're not used to that kind of a workout, you can quickly realize what a challenge it is. You know you need to get to the top of the hill. But you also know you cannot do it alone. In our lives, God is leading us uphill. He's leading us upward. And while it is a lot of work, the fact that he is with us provides us with tremendous comfort. He has promised to never leave us and to never forsake us. Well, another reason that valleys are the choice of ascent up the mountain is that they're actually the easiest way up. It's a slight incline as opposed to the steeper areas. It's usually more well-watered, so it provides food and water to the sheep as they climb. It provides places of rest for the sheep so they're not driven to exhaustion up the mountain. Such is the care and providence of a good shepherd. In the valleys of life, if we will cling to Christ, we will find so much comfort and nourishment. We'll learn his heart and his mind in a much more meaningful way. We'll learn about ourselves, our limitations, and learn more about the fact that he has no limitations. Our shepherd, our leader, has absolutely no limitations. He can create paths through difficulty that we cannot see. He can make rivers in the desert appear and he can also make dry ground appear where we see only water. These times of our limitations show us our God, who our God really is. And it can be a powerful revelation that propels us upward. Through my experiences of dealing with my mother's death due to cancer and my father's tragic death, I'm able to comfort families dealing with their own valleys of loss and grief. I agree with what Keller said in this chapter. He wrote, Only those who have been through such dark valleys can console, comfort, and encourage others in similar situations. Often we pray or sing the hymn requesting God to make us an inspiration to someone else. We want instinctively to be a channel of blessing to other lives. The simple fact is that just as water can only flow in a ditch or channel or valley, so in the Christian's career, the life of God can only flow in blessing through the valleys that have been carved and cut into our lives by excruciating circumstances. When we understand that truth, it changes how we view past pain, our present frustrations, and our future challenges. A hammer and a chisel did not carve the Grand Canyon. That was a river. If we want our lives to have the spiritual beauty comparable to the Grand Canyon's natural beauty, we need to be willing to let the river of God flow through us.
carving out his own path in our lives, washing away the excess and unnecessary, and leaving only what he wants to remain. I encourage you to look back on your life. Look for those valleys, those low spots where you suffered in some way, and you will see the faithfulness of the Good Shepherd with every step that you took. Nothing will draw your heart closer to the heart of the Father than those times when you discover that he, his, he is all you have to depend on. When you see that He's all you have, you discover He's all you need. Thanks for joining us as we continue to study Psalm 23. Next week, we will cover chapter 8, Your Rod and Your Staff, They Comfort Me. God bless you and have a wonderful week. We'll see you then.